Hey folks, welcome to Over 50 Starting Over. We have a special episode for you today, not the special that we intended to have. Merle and I were supposed to have a our own holiday special, a little loose, but Merle had a family tragedy and uh, he couldn't do it. He just, uh, he said he couldn't think straight really and was very anxious and um, very concerned for him. We've had a holiday that this kind of a special about grief before about dealing with loss and concerning my my buddy Irby Greenwood about a year and a half ago in an episode good times bad times when I lost my buddy and but I haven't had a lot of uh, practice with grief and loss and so I thought at this time we got a little bit of professional help Merle and I have talked about it from time to time but we needed to talk to a pro and we have Dr. Heather Brown here with us and she's an amazing psychotherapist and I really had a very good time talking with her about 35 minutes I think in length and it was absolutely terrific she's very relatable and it's very useful information so I do hope you enjoy it and share it share it and pass it on thank you here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Over 50 Starting Over. And I'm with Dr. Heather Brown, a psychotherapist that helps people recognize power of communication and a grief specialist. And that is in particular what I want to talk to her about. And we may do a special with three different grief specialists. It is something that has come up recently because when you get over 50, oh, let me tell you a quick story that... that a uh, few years ago, uh, my old friend from high school reaches out to me and says, hey, our old wrestling coach passed away. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, we were so close back then. He goes, meet you at the funeral, right? Uh, cool. Yeah. OK. So meet him in the parking lot. We're walking in and he goes, you know, Barry, a few years back, it was I only saw you at weddings. Now I only see you at funerals. And it, I'll never forget that. And that's absolutely true. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today. And we have talked about it. My regular co-host Merle and I, Merle Garrison, have talked about it a few times on the podcast, but we're not qualified. And I feel like we in the Western world here don't know how to handle death well, that we don't. We sh as soon as you start talking about it, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, stop talking about that. I want to, I don't want to think about that. Do you agree with me, Dr. Heather? A hundred percent. And the thing that I find very odd about our Western belief mm. is birth seems natural. Yeah. No one says that child shouldn't have been born or this was the wrong time. You embrace it. Yeah. And the two things that we really have are birth and death. Death is completely natural. There is no saying, unless you take your own life, when it will be. Yeah. There are people who don't make it to this physical earth. There are people who, who die at birth. There's people who live to 100. And we don't get to determine how long that is. And to think that everyone should live to 100 and die peacefully in their sleep <sighs> is kind of idiotic. Yes, and yet we all feel that the people we love because we want them here should be here forever. I have a an odd thing that happened to me. I'm a widow. My husband died suddenly when I was 51. And when we got the, the gravestone, they had made a mistake. Oh, God. And they had given him, they put the wrong dates down, which was 
really bad, but they had given him three more years. And so when I'm looking at Whoa. the receipts, I am pissed because I'm like, even the freaking mortuary gave him more time. And I called them up and I said, guys, you can't, you can't do this. Like this was not good, but it really made me look at, I thought I should have more. And I think that's something we really, really need to challenge. Of course we want more, but why should we? Why should we determine how long life should be for anyone? And how can we? We can't. So the focus really needs to be embrace what you do have. And it's hard. It's really hard when you lose someone that you want to still be here. And there's another thing too, and it depends on your spiritual beliefs. And I don't want to go on a tangent on this, but we've talked about this on the show too, is if you're a Christian or whatever your particular belief, you probably believe it's better on the other side, much better. And so there shouldn't be a fear of it. And that should take a lot of the edge off that there shouldn't be a fear of death. It should be a celebration. And, and there is the celebration of life thing, but I don't care how much you celebrate, you still need to grieve. You need to grieve your own loss or it could, I think it seems to me, and I'm not qualified to say this, but it seems to me like that grief you're very qualified to say that both, both professionally and personally, that it seems to me that being hit with that grief is like being hit with a concentrated blast of depression that could either dissipate or get prolonged into a prolonged depression if, yeah. if you don't handle it well. A hundred percent. And, and, and what people need to know is you are the only one who knows how you need to grieve. And we're, we're pretty good at doing life when we wake up in the morning, most of us feel like, like I didn't, I woke up today and I didn't feel like, oh, I don't know how to do today. Mm. Like I don't, but I'll figure <laughs> it out because I think yeah. it'll be predictable. Yeah. But when we go through a crisis, all of a sudden we become very aware. Like I don't, when Ted died, I didn't know how to do life without Ted. Well, yeah, I really didn't know how to do life with Ted either, but it feels more significant. When someone goes through divorce, they say, I don't know how to do divorce. And so there's a place of realizing we're writing our story all the time. You know, I think you just made a good point there too. There's more than just death that you grieve. Divorce is a good one. Losing a career, a job, something like that. A physical capability. Mm, yeah. I had someone who left the city that they loved and they had to leave because they could not financially stay. And they called me and asked, like, is it, does it make sense that I'm grieving leaving my home? I'm like a hundred percent pets. Oh, for That's sure. A huge place of grieving. People big dog grieve. guy here. Yeah. When I lose my dog, got my latest one over here, Charlie. Uh, he's a year and a half. I me and Lisa, my partner, we are so in love with him. You we can't even don't even have words for it. I'm sorry to interrupt. And I, I do want to mention though, too. We also have a dear friend that about a week, probably two weeks ago lost his kitten of 14 years, his cat. And that cat went through hell with him on a number of occasions. So how much that cat meant to him, there's no words for it. So the amount of grieving that he's had to do as well, people sometimes like um, disregard that to some extent. And I know in his case, you don't know his head and his heart. Don't disregard it. And, and it's very important for that to be honored. 
people believe, you know, you, wow, you're still upset. You should be. And all that yeah. judgment only makes it harder. Mm. It's it very difficult to not have the physical manifestation of that person, pet, whatever that you love. And something that I really walk clients through is you do have all the love that you have ever received with them. You do. That's a nice way to put his comfort in. That well, that doesn't go away. That doesn't go away. Love doesn't go away. The challenge is you're not going to have more in this life, yeah. physical moments. Now, some people are very open to the energetic essence of love. And whether you feel that is God, whether you feel that is your pet, whether that is you feel it is source, whatever it is that you feel that that otherness that beyondness can if you allow it come through and you can feel it and that is you know they talk about the holy spirit you talk about visions of mother mary you talk about people having dreams and flashbacks there is, there is a way for it to cross over but but people need to feel comforted in that or it's not it's not not helpful but when you open yourself up to it, the energy of love doesn't dissipate. And so there is that place. So many people will say, you know, I, I heard my dog's bell or, yeah. you know, I saw the car or there were feathers or a bird or pennies, music that comes on, lights that come on. There's so many things that that appear to be signs and, and they very well may be. They very well may be presents from beyond. M my place is we are loved. And we are of love. And that person, that pet, that city, whatever it was that you loved, it's important that you let yourself hold on to that and embrace that because that still is yours. That was, this is going to, you're going to get this, but, but it's a little tricky. We believe it's the other person. You loved me. So therefore, now that you're gone, I can't be loved. Well, mm. yes, but the reality is I experienced your love within me. I still have that. And that is really all that I've ever had. I've never really had your love. I've had the experience of you. That doesn't go away. No, that's a good way to put it. Help people shift to that. Then they can embrace that. And then of course they go to the place, but I want more. I'm like, I, I know. And that we're yeah. going to have to deal with. But yeah. you haven't lost that piece. And it's important to hold to that. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. Um, what inspired this podcast and the subject matter is my usual co-host, Merle Garrison, just lost his beloved cousin. And it was rather, in a way it was sudden, in a way it was not. She had bone marrow cancer, if I got that right. She had a bone marrow transplant, which sounds excruciating. And in her latest treatment, this has been going on for some years now, in her latest treatment, she got a blood transfusion and so complications happen and she went into a coma and then passed away rather quickly. And, oh God, I love that, uh, my co-host so much. I feel very empathetic with him. So I'm, I'm even having a hard time relaying it. But he told me, and I, we talked about, we're going to do a holiday podcast, he and I, and he can't. And he said he's, he, he's having trouble thinking and he's just filled with anxiety. And this brings me to the basic question, how do you describe grief? What is the definition? 
And how do you do it? And I'm sure you're going to say it's individual for everybody. But based on what I told you, what is your response about Merle? Well, he's going to, it would help him to be surrounded by people who are loving and kind and compassionate. And it's going to take a little while for him to feel what life is like in this world without. And it does take a little while. You go into a surrealistic state because as long as you've had somebody in your life and that there's been comfort there, then you're used to having them there. And it it is a mental, it's a mental attachment. I feel safer. I feel stronger. I feel more loved because you are here with me. And then when the person is removed, there's that place of, am I the same? How am I different? How do I do life without? And it, it takes, it takes a little while. I remember maybe it was a month after Ted had passed and I was at a water polo practice for my son sitting with my daughter. And I said to her, it's just a day. Uh-huh. And she said, what do you mean? I said, it's, it's just a day. It's not a day I after your father has passed. I get it. And I, I was, was floored. Yeah. But right away it was, today is with him gone today is with him gone today is how do I deal with him gone and 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 so my heart my brain were still attached to he is to be here he's not yeah and then one day I got to the place where I was able to be but it it took me a it took me a couple of weeks largely because it was completely sudden so nothing was planned Mm. and I had two young children and had to figure out how to do practice take care of a life and plan a funeral so there was a lot of craziness going on in the very beginning but what I realized is who I am in the world is still who I am in the world it's blessed by who is here but I don't lose any part of me Mm. I lose an experience with the other and and it's important to let yourself start to differentiate that in the beginning he just needs to say yes to anybody who wants to love on him. Take yeah. the food, take the hugs, take the breaks. It's hard. It it, it feels like oh. I wrote a poem on it that that grief was like, you know, it's like being in the water where you're slammed by a wave and you're pulled under and you don't know when you're going to come up to be able to breathe. Yeah. And and you might be pulled way down the hill, but eventually you find your feeding and it or footing, and it it just depends upon each person individually. How do they do that? And people say, when are you done with grief? I don't think you ever are. I think you just incorporate loving that person differently the further out you are. But there is a very important place. And for each of us, it's it's our own time to decide. But there's the time to decide, are you going to grieve the loss? Or are you going to celebrate the life? And it took me a really long time to get it. But my mom killed herself when I was 16. That's why I'm mm. a therapist. And Mm. I wrote a really beautiful poem about on the anniversary of her death at 38 years. It was called 38 Years of Days. It was published. It's really, really beautiful. And I wanted to write one on the 40th anniversary. And so I started it and I was saying things like, have I cried as many tears as there were in the flood of the 40 days? (laughs) Have I pounded my heart as much as they did walking the desert? And I have a very cheeky, lovely relationship with God. And he said, are you kidding me? And I'm like, what? He goes, so you're going to do this at 51 and 70 years and 81 years? And I'm like, 
yeah. And he said, how about instead of celebrating all the years since she's died, how about you celebrate those 16 years that you had her? And I just went. Yeah, yeah. And in that moment, a belief of grief changed. Yeah. We celebrate the death. And a lot of people have moved away from funerals to yes, memorial yes. of life. Yes. And that is why, because we are to celebrate what has been. I got a message. I got a message shortly after Ted died that God said to me, and he said, I have not so much as taken away. I have moved you. You're no longer there. You're here. Do you get me? And I said back to God, come on now. You have totally taken away. And he literally said to me, you're not ready to get it yet. But I mm. got it. it. Took me about six months. God put Ted on my plate every single day for almost 25 years. Ted, 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 Ted. One minute of one day in 25 years off. One minute. God took him for one minute. Now, I never got him back again. But he didn't so much as take away. I had Ted for almost 25 years. I miss him. But I will be so grateful for what I had, and I honor what I had. There still is that place you need to let yourself get through the loss. Yeah, there's a lot that I could respond to there. Going back a minute, well, let me respond to that right now. Are you saying that you wouldn't have been as far uh, up the ladder, up the rungs of the ladder without Ted? Uh, he changed my life, for sure. That's what Married, I'm trying to say. kids who yeah. I am. A man, a man I went out with for a short while said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to thank Ted. And I went, what? And he said, because you wouldn't be as an amazing woman as you are without him. And I went. Yeah, that's beautiful. Ted, Ted is, Ted will always be important to me. Ted yeah. is always with me. Yeah. Always differently than he was, but sure. he's always with me. Yeah. yeah. Going back to celebrating life, totally there with you. And that is the movement now, rather than a drawn out funeral. And as you said, celebrating death, but there's always a thing. There's always a thing about us Americans are in the West where we go too far with everything. There's no balance. And because you can't ignore the fact that you also need to grieve that you, you can be happy if in your spiritual beliefs with that soul moving on to a better place and and you should be happy about what they brought to you here on this earth in their time celebrating their life but it's also you got to realize that you are going to be at a loss a great loss personally and, and you're going to change oh yeah yeah you will change because living life without someone or a cat or you know a, a dear friend or a cousin or a dog or a dog they a place a career a limb yeah. yes they were something to you and so who you are is wrapped up in that and and so you have to find the way of well how do i allow myself to still be who i am and how can that be part of your legacy that you've left me with yeah. if i choose to embrace that but there's no way to not recognize like you want to cuddle with the kitty yeah. i want to 
curl up in Ted's arms. Yeah. I want to see his eyes. You know, you want to live in that city you want to live in. You want the leg back. So you can say, yeah, I've dealt with it. I get it. It's life. It happens to everybody. Da, 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 da. But there's the place of, oh, and this isn't what I wanted. Yeah. And we need to let ourselves own that. Of course it's not. And you do feel wronged and cheated, though you're not. But you still need to verbalize that. And you need to cry. Yeah. You need to let it out and then say, and what now? Can today be a day? And you're going to have moments. My mom's been gone for, oh my gosh, let me think, 43 years. Wow. 43 years she's been gone. And I, I still think about her probably every day. Oh, I love sure that do. woman. I love yeah. that woman. So there's still a part of you. It's how do you incorporate them being a part of you in a different way than you would choose? Mm-hmm. And that's really the key, I think. And letting yourself feel what you feel. Here's an additional Get the support point. you need. Get the Pardon. support you need. Get oh, the support. the support. You know, like when I've lost my dogs and stuff, I lost my father 23 years ago, probably. And it wasn't as hard as the loss of my dogs. We right. weren't super close. Was not a bad father. Not a great father. but we So we weren't super close. But boy, me and my dogs, you know, and uh, my first, uh, my fully adult dog was Bowser. He passed away about 12 years ago, I guess now. And that was the hardest thing in the world for me. And that was Facebook was new back then. I don't post very much now other than the podcast. But I put that out there. It was like a way I could just tell all my friends all at once. And I had the realization that someone, even when you see the 100th person that said, I'm so sorry, and that's all they say, it means a lot. Yeah, Just that recognize. Yeah. yeah. You don't have the right words. You don't know what to say. But if you just say, I don't have the words, I'm sorry. When you're a person grieving, that means a lot. It you does. Know, you said it the other way is that you need to be affirmed. You need that recognize it for the love of God. Don't say, Hey, now it's time to stop that nonsense and move on. I mean, that'd be the worst thing. I had someone say to me on a very dark day to about two weeks after Ted had died, you need to look for the blessing. Yeah. yeah. I took a super deep breath and I said, I don't think I've ever said anything that might be hurtful. I, but this might be don't you ever say that to somebody who's grieving. I said, there is, okay. I said, okay. So he wasn't eaten live by piranhas. He wasn't pulled apart, you know, by nails. I've lost my husband. Yeah. My children don't have a father. There's no blessing in this. And God isn't going to open up a door and give me a million dollars and a prince. And we're all going to live happily ever after. Like this is for me and my kids, hell. Yeah. And we will find a way to walk through this. And we choose to allow our experience to bless others. The blessing is not going to be some little golden ticket that comes into our lap. The blessing is going to be that we choose to love ourselves, each other, and others beyond this hurt. And that has happened. My kids and I have done a tremendous job in loving others through their experience. Yeah. 
be careful. I know, I know we're trying to cheer the person on. I had somebody at his viewing come up to me. It was his babysitter. I didn't know her. And she said, I'm his babysitter. I'm like, nice to meet you. And she said, you're young. You're beautiful. Oh, geez. You'll find someone soon. And I went, oh. you see, see that body back there? <sighs> wow. And I know she was trying to help. I it, know. So, so the, I think the best thing you can tell people is offer to help and say, I, you know, I don't know if there's anything I can do, but I want you to know I'm here. The biggest thing I can say is show up. Yeah. I, one of my best friends showed up for four Wednesdays. She lived three hours away. She'd drive three hours to be at oh my, my house for three hours. Wow. She'd open my refrigerator and say, you don't have food. I'm like, we're not eating. She goes, okay, going to the store. Have you signed your daughter up for the SATs? I'm like, no, signing your daughter, your microwave's broken. She came to my house and she just looked because people kept saying, what do you need? And I'm like, nothing. I didn't care if we had weeds. I didn't care if bills were paid. I didn't care if we had cl clean clothes. I didn't care. Like I was just trying to survive. So when people were saying, what do you need? Nothing. Like we're breathing. That's all we're doing is we're breathing. Susie, bless her heart, showed up and she said, wow. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. And then a month out, we were in a different place, but I had one person that came and like mowed my lawn and I showed up. I'm like, what are you doing? And like, I didn't know what to do, but I knew I could do this. Wow. Yeah. And, and like, what a beautiful thing. So we believe we don't know what to do. I'm going to challenge you on that. The person just needs to be loved. But it is tricky. Boy, did you point it out when the one person said, um, what did they say? What did they say? Uh, not that you'll find someone soon. You're pretty. That one was obviously really bad. The one that you said before. Look for the blessing. Yes. Look for the blessing. That one I was like, I could see me saying that and not really realizing what a dumb thing it was to say. It's you a know? little early. I mean, That's you do it. find it eventually, but it's a little early. Yeah. And so offer love. Okay, this will help. Though I'm giving this as a suggestion, so it sounds kind of long with me saying it. Don't give them advice. Yeah, that's a give good way. Give them love. So if you're saying, look for the blessing, you're trying to tell them what to do. Mm. Try to, if you can, try to refrain from that. Love them. They'll figure out what they need to do. They will find the blessings. We all do. But to tell them they're to move there before they're ready to move there doesn't feel respectful. It doesn't feel helpful. And they will pull away from you. Mm. I pulled away from my friend because I realized, okay, so she doesn't want to be around me in my authentic pain. Got it. Got it. Then I won't, I won't, I won't call her. And I pulled right. back because I realized she couldn't accept it. And that's okay. But don't don't need the person to grieve the way you need them to grieve. Like hmm. find out how they need to grieve because they've got to honor that to yeah. get through. If I try to grieve the way you need me to grieve, I'm not going to get through in the way that's right for me. And that's going to create some challenges and probably some resentments. Yeah. So for sure. instead of giving advice, compassion, love, you don't have the wisdom for them. Hmm. You have the love, you have the compassion. And what about for the griever, him or herself? 
what about the person that can't find their way out? Maybe it's hurting their career. Uh, maybe they're slipping into a clinical depression. Uh, are, there's probably uh, psychiatric groups for that. I guess at that point. Tons. And I, I mean, I yeah. wouldn't even go that far out. If you're finding a month out that you're really struggling, get support, be it a therapist, be it a grief recovery group, be it a meetup. There's tons, but get support. It's important for you to be able to share your story and people don't always want to hear it. And sometimes you need to keep talking about it longer than friends and family. And then also sometimes your friends and family are involved in it. So you, you need to have your place that you can unload and unpack what you need to. And mm. I, of course, as a therapist, think a therapy place is, is great for that or, or a support group, but find a place that can really be there for you to let you walk through it in whatever way you need. Sometimes people need to go on antidepressants. I, I didn't want to take any medication. Um, but six weeks out, I was still only sleeping three hours a night. And so I called my doctor. I literally thought I'm, I'm going to lose my mind if I don't sleep. Uh, it felt like my, the cells in my brain were separating because I was so exhausted and he, he gave me sleeping pills and thank God I did it. So mm. if you're early out and you're not sleeping, try to not be super harsh on yourself if you need sleeping pills. It would have been much better for me to have taken them a couple of weeks before. That's so really sometimes we need a little help there. Another piece of advice, you just slipped right on in there and I, I want to just reiterate it because it was really good. A meetup group. It's free. It's, it's super accessible. Just Google meetup, comma grieving. Uh, and I'm sure that those will come up. There's so many times, like you said, uh, to have the catharsis of people that are going through the same thing. You could probably do it via a Zoom. I'm sure you could do it via a Zoom group. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, everything now can be internet. Absolutely. Like we yeah. can reach people throughout the world. And there's people, everyone, everyone goes through grief. Mm -hmm. Tons of times. A lot. Every single person in your life is going to die. Whether you die first or not. So how many people do I know? Like hundreds. I'm going to go through hundreds of deaths. Like I need to be aware of that or, and everyone else is going to too. Every single person who's born is going to die. So the more people you have in your life, the more celebrations and the more deaths. Like it's, 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 it's part of it. And so it's important that we recognize that. I, I have a client who has a huge family and she's had, I think, 16 deaths this year. Oh my God. Brutal. Yeah. But there's also been 14 babies born. Not quite even, pretty close. So there's the place to look at why do so many people die in my life? Well, because you're so blessed to have so many people in your life. That's interesting. If you have a small circle, you don't go through death as often, but also each death in some ways might be very significant if you have a very small circle. That's true. That's yeah. true. All right, Dr. Heather Brown. I'm is it doctor? Yeah, it is it doctor. Is. Yes. Uh, I want to ask you where people can find you. Do you have a book? Do you have a, a podcast? So I have a book that's in editing right now. Um, oh, and nice. so it's going to be in editing for, for two months and then we'll be reaching out to publishers for it. So the end of 23, beginning of 24, apparently it's about a 10 month process when a publisher picks it up. So I do. It's on um, conscious and compassionate communication for couples. 
So it will be listed all over my website and all over Facebook when it happens. Anybody who's, who's interested in speaking with me or if you have questions for me, my website is uh, dot -E -E com, And I have newsletter. I have monthly workshops. I have an online course. I will have the book. Um, mm. I'm on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. Would your, Heather, would your handle be Dr. Heather Brown for basically all those? Oh, that's Yeah, awesome. and if you go to my website, everything's linked to my website. So you can yeah. basically find everything where I am. Uh, but I'd be honored to answer any questions that you have. Obviously, I do psychotherapy for people in California, but I also can coach throughout the world. So just let me know if somebody needs anything. If you need some support, need some guidance, I'd be, I'd be honored to help. Well, I'll tell you what, as your book comes out for release, it's the consciousness of something with relationships, your relationship expert. I am. That sounds like super interesting. And as it comes out, I think that we should touch base again and talk about it. I would it. love to. Yeah, I, I would, would love to. to. All right. Well, thank you very much. It's been very valuable. And I'm I, very I, glad. I'll, you'll be in my prayers. And so, so will you. Oh, Merle. thank you so much. Or, oh, I want to ask you one last thing. How are, it's got to be quick. Less than a minute. How are your holidays? How have they been so far? Beautiful. I got to be with both of my kids. Oh, that's great. It's been yeah. pretty good for us in spite of the storm out here. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thanks again. Blessings to everyone. Thank you.